TG Geeks, episode 146, December 4th, 2017. Sci-Fi Mythology Mashup. Hello and welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror genre, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Keith Lane and we're coming to you from TG Squared Studios in lovely, uh, weather's finally nice, Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm Ben Raginton, also coming to you from, but you know, winter is now gone again, because today it's going to be in the 80s, oh, so geez. therefore winter is gone, Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, winter winter has gone. Winter has left us. We it's had not, it for all of four days. It's not coming. <laughs> no, we had winter. It was four days long. Yeah. And now it's gone. Well, you know, that happens occasionally. Yeah. Well, like a couple of years ago when we had winter between... Uh, 4 and 6 p.m. Yeah, on and, December yeah. 3rd or something dumb like that. And yeah, then... <laughs> because the high was actually below 80. <laughs> exactly. And then it was over. That's it. Yep. We had, that was the year we had no winter. January yeah, it was, was a the 70s and 80s. It was a non-ter. Yep, exactly. We've got an interesting interview for you this time, a local author, and we're just going to launch right into it. And this time on the show, we have T.L. Smith, author or authoress, however you want to say that. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hi there. How are you guys doing today? Good. So you're, the T.L. Smith is Terry L. Smith, but your pen name is T.L. Smith, correct? Correct. Yeah. So tell us about you. You've done, written, I've read a couple of your books and you've got quite a few out on the market. So tell us. Who is Terry or T.L. Smith, and how did you get into writing? Oh, how did I get into writing? Well, I've had a mixed background. I started out in the Air Force, worked for the feds in an investigative group, um, ran a businesses both here in Arizona and California, and then decided to get a degree. So I came home and uh, became an accountant. And then at one point or another, I injured my back and was told to uh, 30 days of bed rest and drugs, and drugs is what I blame. <laughs> <laughs> you got into writing? After by... <laughs> three days of pain pills and sci-fi channel, I'm going, oh, my God, I can write better crap than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. No sense to sci-fi, but it was going through one of the stages where they were the uh, bones were chasing people. I see. Well, and now, I'm like, they were okay. having their moment. <laughs> that was that was during the Siffy days. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, going dinosaur bones chasing people was just yeah. I draw the line there. I can do better. And so I somehow managed to get my recliner in front of the computer, and that was it. So your <laughs> your writing and and what I have read is mostly in the sci-fi realm. And and you have you have some other things that you're writing, right? I've started a sci-fi mythology fusion. Ah. And actually it's a 
the first one is a standalone. It's not involved in the fusion series, but it was Native American mythology and sci-fi taking, uh, colliding down on the Yuma bombing ranges. Uh-huh. And it's hmm. a near future. And that one kind of uh, spun off a tale that was brought into our um, our ranges down in uh, down in the Gila Bend Yuma ranges. And yes, we had an episode out on the ranges one day, and the guys came in asking what was going on, and we were telling them nothing. And it was kind of like a Men in Black story. Uh huh. <laughs> hmm. And I just carried that around in my head for years, and then one day it just popped into my head how to use that. And then um, I've also been working on another one that was a mythology fusion, and it's a series called Playing God. And that one, I just released the first book on it in February, and the next one will be coming out here right before Christmas called Mm -hmm. Blood of God. Oh, cool. So I can't remember exactly what I've read of yours. I'm, I'm opening my iPad here to uh, see what it was. I, I think you I think you have the first three, which would be uh, Defending Hypocrisy. Right, right, right. Center Treachery, and then maybe uh, Star People Legacy. Yes. I Yes, I had read those three. That. I couldn't remember what exactly it's like. I've read so much in the in the last couple of years. It's unbelievable for uh, this Comic Con that we went to. I I came away with ten books to read. It's like what? <laughs> um, I've seen you guys go through and buying up the books. <laughs> yeah. So, and we didn't make it. Uh, um, didn't make the fan fest fan this year. Fest. Uh, unfortunately, we decided to go to Disneyland instead. We needed the break. <laughs> Yeah, it's so okay. We had you fully know, intended. Can... <laughs> yeah, we had every intention of going, but the day before was like, you know, what, we really need we we need the break. So, yeah, we did something else. Now, I I'm I'm completely utterly fascinated with this concept of a sci-fi mythology because mythology usually uh rests pretty well in the fantasy in the area of fantasy. So, without giving away anything that's kind of spoilerish, how are you able to pigeonhole this idea of mythology or, or, or anything of a mythological nature into this the, the world of science fiction? Well, you know, in high school we had to read all the you know mythology. Mm-hmm. That's a watered down version of the real stuff. When you read the uh, you know the uh, uncut versions, it's like those. Gods were insane. <laughs> oh, the gods are more human than the humans. <laughs> yeah. I I know, you know, Zeus and taking on animal forms to seduce women. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. It's a little bestiality. <laughs> well, there. It, there there is a little bit of bestiality. Uh, I mean, let's not even get into infidelity. I mean, it's it. Wow. I mean, the gods are unbelievably immoral. And oh, jealous, yeah. and, and get, they they gotta be from another planet. Exactly. <laughs> so you're taking, so you're you're kind of, I, I guess you could say you're kind of taking this the Star Trek approach that maybe they're just really you know bonkers aliens. Yeah, aliens playing gods. Yeah, is basically it. And you know, I'm, so I'm exploring some of the different cultures and their mythologies, 
and then um, sci-fiing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are aliens playing gods, and we're going to, uh, you know, and exploring who's more human, you know, as far as or, or morally correct, us or them or some con, com, you know, combination therein. Because there's your good aliens, and then there's your bad aliens. Right. <laughs> and bad covering the entire spectrum from the immorality to the to the um, just disre- disregard for life in itself. Right. So. So. So that's why they're exploring. Mm-hmm. So some of most of your works, as I recall, in defending Hippocrates. What? Wow! I'm impressed. <laughs> Defending that. <laughs> There's the new title. <laughs> Didn't uh, one of the characters have an ethnic background? Don't you have you bring a lot of ethnic background to your characters? Am, am I losing that, or did I just make that up? It was definitely brought to my attention. <laughs> And I, you know, somebody else said, all your character, maybe it was you guys, said, did you, they, all your characters are ethnic. And I'm like, oh, my God, I never realized that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in that one, wasn't she of Native American descent or? In Star People Legacy, she's, she believes she's Native American descent. She's, and she was raised on a Hopi. Uh, on a Navajo, I'm sorry, a Navajo reservation, uh, and defending Hippotigris. Um, she's Middle Eastern descent, but she's married to a Hispanic descent. Right. Yeah. The, I knew there was some ethnic backgrounds of of your characters, and I couldn't remember which was which. It's been a while since I've read those. I I read those. Oh gosh, two years ago. So <laughs> yeah, Kazan married to a uh, to a uh, Batista. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the book that is currently ju- you're just uh, ready to release any time, and and when when is that su- exactly supposed to be released? Well, I'm going through the absolute final edits where I'm looking for the tiniest little things, and you know I'll still miss things. We all do. And um, then I'll be uploading it. It'll be available on Amazon, I'm hoping, by the 16th. Okay, great. And uh, so, and it is, this, you know, the, the playing god, the first of the series, takes place in, in Greece, uh, Greek mythology. And this one will be taking place in Ireland off of Celtic. Okay, so this, and what's the name of this one? Blood of Gods. Blood of Gods. And tell us about, can you tell us about that one, what, it, what it's? Oh, I, yeah. Without um, giving away the whole story. Fam- <laughs> if you're familiar with Celtic mythology, they had this wonderful hero. St. Patrick. And Duh! Uh. Well, no, yeah, there's no, no saints here. Well, though this one tends to lean that way. Uh, Tulane is how I've been told to pronounce it. And he is a war hero. Uh, in the mythologies, he's like 17, but there's no way 
which I read in many mythologies, that a 17-year-old could accomplish that much in one lifetime right. and be the father of a grown man. <laughs> so I'm like, well, obviously they have no sense of timing in well, mythology. You, you know mythology, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely have him as an older but useful-looking hero, and he would be with the blood of gods running through him. He's what is considered a half-blood. His father will be one of the elders, which is um, one of the true aliens, and his mother will be the sister of King Conchabar of Ulster County. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's Ulster County. Then they were like kingdoms. Right. So he was the high, you know, the high king of Ulster. So he is the blood of royalty as well as the blood of God. And when he gets enraged in battle, he becomes a a beast, Ooh. a real monster. Hmm. Interesting. Capable of wiping out virtually an entire army single-handedly. Wow. So... Now, thanks to that God, blood of God. <laughs> wow, that's fascinating. That really is uh, mythology and gods and and monsters, <laughs> if yes. you will. And it's uh, he has to, and he before he can earn his real birthright, he's pretty much going to have to learn his some um, rules of life himself. Right. So basically, the war is war, and and it's not a good thing, you know. But uh, sometimes it's necessary, and then sometimes you've got to say no. So, and that's a lesson that I think a lot of people, as they you know learn, especially if they've been in the military, uh, that sometimes you got to step back and look at the bigger picture. I'm curious with this latest. Okay, let's use this latest story as an example. Where did the that initial spark come from, and what was that initial spark that set you down the path to develop this particular storyline? Oh, my. You know, I've been working on this storyline for a long, 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 long time, and probably watching some TV show and going, my God, they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But I kept trying to write it as a novel, uh, where I'm combining all the different stories, you know, different storylines together into one book. And it just wasn't working out. And then one day it dawned on me that these need to be novellas, Mm -hmm. separate stories. And now they're clicking. Everything's working the way they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Everybody's playing nice. Well, that's (laughs) good. Or not nice. So that that kind of brings us to the question. That well, you, it brings oh, yeah the, the popular question that, and we have Jeannie to kind of thank for this one. Um, how fully realized are the characters in your books? I mean, are, are they reached the because like Jeannie has said that when when she was like uh, writing the character of of Kitty, um, she there's there's the comment you know that you know her name is Catherine Cat you know and and her and her parents call her Kitty you know Kitty Cat yeah you can thank my parents for that you know and but that's what Jeannie was hearing in her head she was hearing Kitty talk to her I mean I'm sure there's a psychological study that can be done on that but uh so my question to you is 
when writing these characters, how fully realized, how fully fleshed out in your brain are are they? Do they have individual voices that you can actually like almost hear in your head and it's reached to the point where you feel like you're almost taking dictation from them? Oh, definitely. Um, I've started a new fantasy and it came to me as completely as a dream. But I, you know, I woke up going, yes, I'm going to get fantasy a try. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, and I sat down and it said, it started coming out just like, pretty much just like the dream. Um, as far as the characters, I do find myself quite often in the characters when I'm tossing around moral decisions. So, and then sometimes I'm going, yeah, you want to be that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, so at times you cut. So it's like maybe you want to. You, you had this initial idea of directing the story or directing a character arc one way, but also the characters like banging inside your brain saying, uh, "No." Yeah, they do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll get to those points where I want to take her or her or him in a direction. And they're like, "Nope, I've already told you where I'm going with this, and I won't. I'll give you any more till you." take me there. <laughs> wow. I'm kind of, you know, I, I'm beginning to wonder if, if authors maybe have a very unique uh, brain, brain wiring by which they're actually tapping into another universe and maybe where the story's actually taking place. Or maybe they're just schizophrenic. Well, maybe that too, <laughs> but I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Maybe because, you know, I've done all the, you know, I've done a variety of careers and, you know, it's like from electronics to, you know, to to selling pencils, <laughs> school supplies. Let me correct that. Crayons. Um, and they were jobs that I could do, but it was more or less, why do I know how to do this type of thing? Right. Hmm. <laughs> I think there's a lot of prior lives going in there somewhere. Or Maybe. You never know. So that, Maybe. That you know? Is, that's fascinating. I, I have always wondered how people write like that it just you know i have to think of things to try to be (laughs) witty and and funny and make things up you know to get a story across yeah the the idea sometimes it just comes out yeah the idea of being able to write fiction i mean i mean i i do i i write but i don't write fiction uh i mean i write articles i write stories i write i i report but being being able to write fiction, I mean, that is that that requires a, a an unusual way of being able to think, and it's something that that I'm I'm very envious of because you know you Jeannie and and other other authors that we've spoken to, they all pretty much the good ones all say the same thing that these characters are all in their heads and they're all talking to them on in some on some level or another, and that that's just something that I find endlessly fascinating. Oh, I can be in the zone and totally oblivious to anything going on around me. Um, I've been on airplanes and writing a scene and people are talking to me and, you know, it's like it takes several minutes for me to realize that they're talking to me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a, I had one of the uh, stewards trying to get my attention to see if I wanted a drink and I'm in the middle of a emotional death scene or something and i'm bent over my tray and i'm typing you know and i only have my tablet so i'm like 
doing these finger typing as fast as I possibly can. And then I finally realize that somebody's trying to get my attention. And I look up and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And she was like, you're like a drink. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm almost in tears at the end of as I'm writing this scene. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell him later that you were writing a. <laughs> An emotional scene. I don't know. I guess she you know, she saw the tablet. Maybe she thought I was sending a, a Dear John letter or something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> She's so emotional. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Take that woman a drink. Exactly. A one. <laughs> well, that's interesting that you were able to completely immerse yourself into the, you know, into the writing process while you were on a plane. Uh, is there anything that, or is, is there any kind of environment that you need to be in, in order to really just get into that writing mode? Because we know, like with Jeannie, in her case, I mean, it's all about music. There are certain songs and certain artists that can just really drive her. I mean, I remember she she told one time about how she played this one artist just on an endless loop, and it was driving her husband, Steve, completely insane, hearing this over and over and over and over and over again. But it was so fueling her writing. So when you're, when, when you're uh, at your craft, is there something going on that helps you get into that mode, or is it just, you just do it? It, dep- it, it really depends. Like, um, I would go, I would take what I would ca- call a sabbatical, and go down to um, Cosimo, and I can sit in Palapa and stare out the ocean blindly, and my fingers are on the keyboard typing, and I'm not even looking at the screen, and I'm just, and, you know, because the story's going on my head, it's coming out and into my fingers, and I'm watching the ocean, and people are coming by going, are you really working? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what, what, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah. That's and then I have to get back into the ocean scene again while I'm typing sci-fi, wow. which you know, totally opposite of each other. Or if I'm in a noisy place, I will do the headphones and the music, and my music is Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting so, choice. But I guess whatever works for anybody. I mean, there, yeah. there's there's no right or wrong. I mean, it's whatever uh, fuels the imagination. Uh, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, I can't remember who it was oh, we talked to. Oh, you're writing a war scene or a death scene or something, Lemiz will take you there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's definitely uh, emotional and that roller coaster of uh, love and death and war and all of that combined together. Well, I suppose that does make for a very good self-contained piece of music to help you in any direction you want to go do you find your tastes in music might possibly changing if you know you're going to be going into a different part of the story yeah i mean i do have some other music that you know sometimes i'll I'll put my mid on the loop and sometimes i'll put my entire album you know selection on the loop and that'll take me anywhere from country and western to um um the remake of Oh, what was it now? The guy, the hard rock guy did a remake of the old Simon Garfunkel song. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Sound of Silence? Sound of Silence. Sound of oh, Silence, God, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I heard that. That's, yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. Oh, uh, the remake, of, yeah, that remake is fabulous. Now mm-hmm. I, it'll come up on my headphones, I'm like, and I'll be in the middle of something. Oh, no, got to play that a couple times. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'll take it back and replay it till I, you know, got through the scene or something. Right. So um, let me ask uh, this question. I, you, This book, uh, Blood of Gods, is going to be released, you say, hopefully on the 16th. So we're right, right on the cusp of that. Are you technically self-published or do you have a, a publisher and then you load that up or what? What would you consider right yourself? Right now, I'm technically self-published. However, I do have an agent, and she is shopping currently three novels, two of which are first of series. And she's about to get, if I, you know, if my beta reader gets my items back, my book back to me in December, she will get the fourth book in a series which is a take on Lethal Weapon in Space. Oh, cool. Oh. And I had written that originally back, oh, God. You know, this literally my first published item was The Thing Down the Road, and it was a novelette. And people loved it. And then, thanks to Jeannie, <laughs> Jeannie was, after she read it, she goes, this is a series. And you need to rewrite it and send it to our agent because I have a, the same agent as Jeannie. Uh-huh. Jeannie Cotton. And uh, so I did, and the agent loves the story. And but she wanted um, she wanted a rewrite on part of it. So that's what I'm waiting on from the beta reader to make sure it flows right, and then I'll get it back to her. Wow. So that's... and. Richard, Jeannie held it up to me, and she goes, this is Lethal Weapon in Space. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> so this is, sounds uh, like so. things are, are really moving forward. And you're a local here to Phoenix, and you are also kind of, you seem to be the instigator of this, um, what is it, Amazing Wicked Writers, is that? Uh, amazing Wicked Writers, yes. Uh, it started out a couple years ago with uh, three tables at Comic-Con, at Phoenix Comic-Con. And I had made this comment a year or two before that when my name came up, I was going to take as many tables as I could and bring all my friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> and if 2018 will be <clears throat> 14 tables. Wow. So... We're looking at 14 to 20 authors going to be at Phoenix Comic-Con in the awe section. We have our whole island to ourselves. Wow, that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so you, so you... people just have to look for the land of awe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You So you kind of helping uh, local authors or, or maybe not so local authors uh, sell their wares. Yeah, you and... from out of state. Yeah, there's a few from out of state coming, and um, but most of them are local authors. Cool. But like I do have someone coming from Vegas, and I have someone coming from New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so we're all kind of like the southern quarter, you know, quarter of the country here, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you've but got yeah, it, that, and that's the concept of authors helping authors. Oh, cool. So you've got uh, the Book of Gods. As you said, that's going to be Blood coming out. Uh, Blood of Gods. I'm sorry. I, I, I just scanned that really quick. Blood of Gods. 
that's coming out shortly before Christmas. Is there anything else that is okay? And you, anything else coming down the horizon, or any new things that you're going to be starting on that maybe some of us can start looking forward to in the future? Well, I did use um, whether you're aware of the the contest, if you want to call it that. Uh, they have a thing called NaNoWriMo. Right. November is National Novel Writing Month. And I kind of use that to experiment with new stuff. Mm -hmm. So I did November on top of all that editing that I've been doing. I used November to try my hand at fantasy. Mm -hmm. So I will be handing that off to for the first beta read um, here in December. And if they feel it has the right bones, that's what I'll be working on. So I will hopefully be taking my first dive into fantasy. That's cool. And other, um, then I'll probably be caged, which is the rewrite of the thing down the road. Um, that will be going to the agent in December, Knockwood. And then I'll probably be starting or wrapping up the third book in the Playing God series, which will either be um, Native American or Indian. I haven't decided. Wow. So I have stories started on both continents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. And you have an Amazon page, is that correct? Or no? Yes. Amazon under T.L. Smith in science fiction. Because there is another T.L. Smith, and she writes erotic romance, and she's out of Australia. Uh -huh. Okay. So, so T.L. Smith and I science can, fiction. <laughs> yeah. You got you to yeah, you look for the science fiction. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be a little shocked opening that book, and it's not science fiction. <laughs> Hmm. Well, it might be a little sciencey and it might be a little fictitious, but never the Not two so shall meet. Yeah, it's neither science nor fiction. Discuss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to take you know the erotic to another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Phoenix Cash would do the erotic panel at oh, yeah. Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we remember those. Oh yes. But, uh, yeah, she could probably qualify to be on that board. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, so before we get ourselves into any uh, any ethical trouble that might uh, slap an explicit tag onto this episode, <laughs> uh, you've already talked about your Amazon page, T.L. Smith Science Fiction. Is there any other place in social media, be it Facebook, Twitter, any place on the interwebs, that somebody could find you there to read about your work or anything else that you're doing in the future? Um, I I do have a Twitter account under T.L. Smith Books. Books. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I have a blog of T.L. Smith Books as well. Um, my website is Shooting Stars and Bad Guys. That's an easy one. That's my kind of my tagline: Shooting Stars and Bad Guys. Okay. All in a day's work. So if you've yeah, if, you've, if you've seen me at the cons, you've seen that banner behind me. Right. <laughs> and on there, of course, will be all my books. 
And, you know, it's like you click on one of those, it'll take you right to the Amazon page. That way you won't get the, the erotic stuff out of Australia. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, I like Facebook. I'm um, under T.L. Smith books also there. So, yep, that's the three lo- the locations you can find me. You can, and you can what's be found. going on. Like the page, like the books. Yeah. Of course, every author, we always say, you know, if you like our books, go on to, you know, Amazon and leave you leave a, you know, a rating. Right. Well, if you don't like our books, go on to Amazon and leave a rating. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's all about ratings and reviews. Oh, don't we know? They're, they're they only count the ratings. They don't count the number of them. They just count and they count how many you get, not what's what ratings they are right. but so far i've gotten good ratings on amazon so cool. i'm happy well i've liked everything that you've read so or i've i've liked everything that i have read of yours so it's i have a and couple i appreciate that you guys come by and visit every time yeah we're at the same event so oh. and you visit all my other authors yes. when i bring them exactly and i can wind up with more books to read after comic-con <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, you better bring a big bag with you here in uh, 2018. Absolutely. <laughs> I got everything from uh, witches to sharks. <laughs> witches to sharks. Oh, my gosh. Huh. Well, this That adds a whole new idea to the sci-fi Sharknado series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, we do have our shark man. Now, he was at uh, this year's. He's at this year's Comic Con, you know. So, and he he really, you know, you'd be surprised. I mean, people see sharks; they got to go over and find out. Interesting. <laughs> or he, yeah, poetry for sharks by sharks. But uh, yeah, he's you know he's part of the crew now. And I said, so why not have a little real life in there, but down under the ocean. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I I am fascinated with that idea. Uh, poetry by sharks for sharks. I mean, I can only imagine that haiku: chomp, 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 chomp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 the clute is uh, his pen name. The clute, A L U T E. You know, and like I said, he's uh he's a character, so definitely. But like I said, we'll have fourteen to twenty authors this coming. Um, you know, Comic-Con, so and we're covering everything, fantasy, paranormal, mythologies, science fiction, fusions therein, and sharks. So all the wow. genres are being represented. <laughs> yes, everything is being represented. Well, this has been a fascinating interview, and thank you, Terry, for being on the show. Yes, thank you very uh, much. This time. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Hello, this is T.L. Smith, author of Playing God, and you are listening to The Two Gay Geeks. And here's a few selected birthdays for December 4th through December 10th, 2017. December 4th, Jeff Bridges. Who only plays himself now. Yeah. Every movie he's I knew in, you were say that. he's playing himself. <laughs> and you know, an interesting thing is that he's been married. He's one of those Hollywood couples that's oh, been married forever. forever. And, you know, it's just amazing yeah. that that happens. Also on December 4th, 
Marissa Tomei and Tony Todd. Klingon. Uh, yeah. Among other things. Among other things. December 5th, Jose Carreras, famed opera singer who uh, had cancer and beat that. Beat and that and came back and still singing. Yeah, good, good going, Jose. Yeah. Also on December 5th, Werner Heisenberg. I'm really uncertain about why he's on this. But I'm bummed. <laughs> and Otto Preminger and Walter Elias Disney. Oh, is that an actual man? Yes, it is. Wow, I thought it was just a place. <laughs> no. No. Disneyland. Well, I know. Place. You, but you know, and the sad thing is people actually, you know, especially the young people today, they have no idea that there was really a man named Disney. Yeah. Uncle I mean, Walt. Uncle yeah. Walt, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I, before I get a little verklempt here. Uh-huh. <laughs> December sixth, Philip K. Dick. Agnes Moorhead. Andorra. Oh, shoot. Where's my Andorra? You lost (laughs) it. I lost it. Anyway. And Ryan White. December 7th, Gerard Kuiper for the Kuiper Belt. The Kuiper Belt. discovered the Kuiper Belt. And a high school classmate of mine, Julie Stiglitz-Regal. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gerard Kuiper was a classmate. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. And a friend of ours in the United Kingdom, Darren Daz Anderson. Happy birthday, Darren. Happy birthday, Darren. December 8th, Maximilian Schell. Black hole. I put him on here just Just for to drive that. me crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he was Dr. Reinhardt. <laughs> yes. Also on December 8th, Terry Hatcher. We met her. Well, I met her. Yeah, well, yeah, you did. And then we also, but she walked right by us at the Paramount Studios. Did she? Yes. I, I actually don't remember that. Yeah. I remember yeah. Terry Farrell. Oh, Terry Farrell. That's right. Terry, Terry Farrell. Farrell walked Terry, by us Terry apparently. Hatcher, yeah. But Terry you Hatcher, we, uh, you had, we were at DCA. You went into the bathroom uh, that's right next to Animation Studios, and there she was with her daughter doing photos. And it turns out she was actually there for a reason. Uh, but I went up to her and said, would, would you mind so much if I took a photo? She, oh, sure. She was absolutely lovely. Yeah. And she's shorter than me. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> also on December 8th, Kwai Chang Kang. You mean David Carradine? Oh, yes, David Carradine. Sorry. He just so become that part or became that part for the rest of his life. I don't know. Now he's Bill. Well, yeah, but. As well, in Kill Bill. Actually, well, actually, he's dead, so. <laughs> okay, if you want to go down that dark path. Yeah. And, uh, and an, another one is Sammy Davis Jr. And Flip Wilson, one of the, the first, uh, which I guess you could call uh, transvestites on TV. Oh, Geraldine. Geraldine. He was just a, a real hoot. Also on December 8th, Rick Baker, famed makeup artist. And George Melies. Oh, man, I feel like... And we just watched you know? Hugo not that long ago, yeah. but I feel like we need to watch it again. Yeah. And, you know, half of what we do, we wouldn't be doing. It wouldn't be because of, it, it's because of him. Because I mean, the George. legacy that George left us is... I mean, it, it's more than just a legacy. I mean, he literally transformed the world. Yep, he certainly did. December 9th, John Malkovich, Margaret Hamilton... I'll get you, my pretty... And Donny Osmond, who almost fell in my lap, and that's not an exaggeration. My mother and I went to see Donny Marie. This, oh, we're talking early 80s. This is like summer of 84. 
We'd gone to the lo- the county fair because Donnie and Marie were going to be doing a show there. In fact, it was the first time in county fair history they had to actually add a third show because oh the demand was so hot. So uh, we caught the latest showing, and it's that part of the show where Donnie's actually wandering the audience, and he's singing his old teeny bopper hits, you know, with Go Away Little Girl. And at one point, he's finally met up to where we're at, and he's doing Puppy Love. And, and I'm talking, there were like middle-aged women just groping. It, it, was, it was really, really weird to see. And he's standing on the bleachers in the, in the amphitheater that we were at right next to me. And they started groping him so badly, he was starting to fall in my direction. I mean, he was going to land on me when a security guard jumped up and grabbed him, a female security guard. And once he realized that he was okay, he then put his arms around her and started and then crooned her. Uh-huh. Sang the rest of Puppy, Lo- Puppy Love to her, which... And you wanted him to grab you and sing Puppy Love. Uh, no, not really. No. <laughs> Believe it or not, I I did not find him... No, he... I, I I think he's a really great guy. He's a he's a surprisingly great musician that a lot of people don't know. In fact, all of the Osmonds are phenomenal musicians that people just don't realize. But I know I never thought of Donnie in that way. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, other birthdays on December 9th are Joshua Bell, famed violinist. Fabulous violin. And, fabulous violinist. Yeah, we at the Musical Instrument Museum they had a little uh thing on Joshua Bell mm-hmm. and he's been playing as a virtuoso or I know. Know, a prodigy since he was six or seven, something like that. They had a, a little thing of him when he was playing much younger. It's amazing. I'm in awe. Also, Michael Dorn, da- Dame Judy Jan, Jane, <laughs> Judy, Judy, Jane, Judy Dench, <laughs> Dame Judy Dench. You Here said Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it said duty. <laughs> and Simon Helberg, who actually we, um, I, I was amazed that in uh, Florence Foster. Oh Jenkins, my gosh, yes, you know, he, he really played the piano. Played, he played every bit of the piano music that is in there that he it, that he's actually playing. Right. So, yeah. Also, Kirk Douglas Who's will be still, 101. He is still with us. I know. He'll be 101. Amazing. Amazing. Hopefully, uh, he doesn't die before this episode is released. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, on December 9th, a friend of ours that we met at Horrible Imagining Films Festival, Anthony DeJoya, whose silver screen analysis on YouTube. On YouTube. You gives some really good out. reviews. Yeah. And it's not just horror. I mean, it, it's it's all sorts of film films uh, in, in various genres. Yes. Also, on December 10th, Kenneth Branagh. Cesar Frank, composer and friend in Calgary, Kurt. Oh, Kurt in Calgary. That's right. Yeah. And I, I missed something on December 7th. December 7th is actually the day that hopefully we will officially be trademarked. Trademarked. So, oh, keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. So hopefully next next time we'll have a little trademark R there. So, and that's it for the birthdays this time. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to. Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. 
Who was that? <sighs> Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. Go give a listen to our friend T and crew over at Happy Hour from the Tower, a Destiny podcast. And now, it's time for a little bit of... Feedback. 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 Yeah, so I just watched Scrooge the other night and got a little... You're channeling your inner Bill Murray. Well, actually, and and, and uh, uh, the monster from Little Shop of Horrors. Well, yeah, but he kind of... Yeah, but Bill Murray, he, he refers to that at the end of that. You know, feed me, Seymour. Anyway... <laughs> Starting back uh, with episode 145. Now, I was giving uh, Brian Weber some uh, some love with some of the sites that he has, incur- including his incorrect Star Trek Voyager. Uh, and Star- and, uh, blah, blah, now you got me doing it. Incorrect Star Trek Voyager quotes on Tumblr. And I said that it was animated. Uh, well, I said it was a naughty website. And he came back. Well, with, Tumblr can be a naughty website. Well, it can but. be. Well, let me let's <laughs> let's see what Brian has to say on this. He says a naughty website. Jeez, Ben, it's just incorrect quotes, not porn. Okay, now let me let let me jump in on that. I'll finish off the rest of this. However, Brian, there are some workplaces that would completely they would terminate you if they saw you reading some of this stuff because. You're, yeah, it's all textual, but there is some very, um, wow, there's some very bad things on there from time to time. I mean, yes, they're in, of course they're incorrect, but there is some, I mean, by, by office standards, some of those quotes will be considered naughty. Hence, I called it naughty. Anyway, not that porn doesn't exist on Tumblr. Heck, you can find it by accident. Something I know all too well. How come I got a funny feeling I'm going to have to poke my inner eye out? Nothing like finding Wincest porn yeesh, in the feed when you're doing a search on Florence and the Machine. Okay, that to me, that seems funny. Once you've seen pencil drawings of Jensen Eccles having sex with Jared Padalecki, you can't unsee it. Oh, dear. I don't want to unsee that. No, but uh, be that as it may. Um, okay. Uh, okay, we'll just go with that. Uh, and then moving right along, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this general subject in a little bit but earlier this week uh last week we posted uh an avengers infinity war trailer tease yes a tease for the trailer tease for the trailer oh my and we got a response from craig step of he's he's the technorama plus one i guess you wouldn't call him that he's not he's not mrs technorama that's donna and he's not mr technorama that's chuck so i guess that makes him uh uh Mr. Technorama adjacent? Yeah. That's it. Okay. Plus one. Or plus one. Adjacent. Uh, And he says, Gah! I hate these teases before trailers. Just give me the trailer. Well, as it so happens, we did 
the very next day. We did yes. give you the trailer, and we got a response from good friend Scott Linder. Hey, Scott's been a long time since we heard from you. Great to hear from you again. And he says, in the words of George Takei, oh my. Okay. And then we also had another first look for The Disaster Artist, and we got a comment uh, (laughs) from Hamish. Now, we have to preface this. In the article that I wrote for this Disaster Artist uh, trailer that we said, it's it's about a movie that's supposedly the worst movie ever made. It's called The Room, and I had posted in the article i said i thought the oscar was the worst movie ever ever made and so i said uh, after seeing this trailer i might have changed my mind indeed so hamish comes back with so the oscar didn't receive an oscar waka 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 i'll see myself out yeah no it did not <laughs> no it didn't and uh, really if you want to see just a hideously awful 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 movie Watch the Oscar, and the beautiful thing about it is that it's co-written by Harlan Ellison. Yeah, Yay! Just so weird. It is a piece of trash. <laughs> it is. So anyway, that's our uh, feedback for today. And if you want to give us some feedback, or if you want to comment on any of our episodes or articles or anything, you can do that on Facebook, on tggeeks.com, on any article or episode. You can comment on Twitter, and you can also give us a call at 469-TGGeeks. That is 469-844-3357. And remember, please play nice and... In uh, the next couple of weeks, we're going to kind of be saving up our feedback because we're going to take a little vacation. We're trying to get some episodes in the can so we can take a little vacation at but the end of December. Leave but please leave the feedback. Please leave the feedback. I we, mean, if there's something we you want will to, be collecting. Yeah, it. if there's yes. something you want to comment on, please, by all means, go ahead and do it. Just because we're, you won't be hearing it doesn't mean that we're not doing it anymore. We would like to collect all that feedback and do a, uh, another feedback a palooza if yeah, possible. We would love that. So if you got if you got something that you want to comment on, as Keith says, please play nice. But by all means, yes, leave it. Yeah, and we're going to actually be having some. Uh, hopefully, uh, Roe is trying to come up with a, an idea to add some polls into some of our articles. Oh, that's a great idea. And so uh, create a little bit more uh, interaction with people. So be looking for that. And that's it for the uh, feedback. This is Mark Biaggi, and you're listening to the Two Gay Geeks webcast. So, as I mentioned earlier, yes, we finally have the Avengers Infinity War. We'll have the link for that trailer and the article that the trailer is in in the show notes for this particular episode. But, um, yeah, wow, what did we think about that? It was pretty cool. I, w- I was really dazzled by it. Um it it it's it's clearly not the same bit of footage that's been circulating you know, circulating 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 yeah it Hercules, or, or percolate Hercules. it's percolating <laughs> it's percolating yeah yeah it's 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 a nuclear percolating <laughs> stop yeah i knew that would get you um but no it has been making the rounds on the internet since san diego comic con I think it was Sandy. Oh no 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 D twenty three D twenty three yes it was D twenty three that that finally made the started making the rounds. Uh, not the same footage. I mean there are bits of it, 
here and there, but this was, and I don't know why they didn't release that publicly, to be honest, but the Russo brothers didn't want that one to go out. So they've got this finally, I mean, we've been hearing about a trailer coming down the pike. They finally got it. Um, Different, but interesting. I would say that there's a couple of things that looked a little spoilery in how Thanos is getting his hands on these Infinity Stones. Yeah. Uh, there was one in particular that looked really spoilery to me, yeah. Um, which makes me wonder the, the future of a certain character or characters. Well, you know how they cut trailers together. Well, it's not just that. I mean, if, if this if this movie, and I, I don't I'm going to say anything, but I actually know how the story ends. If they're going to follow the comic book, then it's not going to matter. I will say that much. If it goes anywhere like what the comic book is going to do, then it won't matter one bit uh, at all. But I would say it looks really interesting, and I think I think the real jewel of this movie is not necessarily going to be the epic battle, although I think some of it will play into that. I mean, there looks like there's a big, big fight taking place in Wakanda in the trailer, but I think it's more going to be about the character interactions, you know, like seeing Doctor Strange maybe work side by side with Spider-Man. Things like that. So I think that's really where the the magic is going to be, is seeing these some of these characters who have not crossed over yet, one to the other, watching them have that interaction. I think that's re- that's going to be the fun. You know, it's like in the in the last Thor Thor Ragnarok, watching Chris Hemsworth uh, act opposite Benedict Cumberbatch was was very it was a, it was a short scene, but it was very enjoyable. Right. So I think that's really where the fun is going to be. It's seeing these people work together. But I will say this: when it comes to directing action, the Russo brothers know how to do it. Yeah. I mean, they so far they're two for two. So I have a funny feeling that this, if if the trailer is any indication as to how good the movie will be. I think it's going to be amazing. I mean, what were some of the takeaways that you had? I, you know, I, I only really watched it that one time. And I, so I just, it, even though I cut it together and did all this other stuff with it, I, I never had an opportunity to look at it again uh-huh. after, after we watched it. But I think it's going to be really interesting. It's definitely action packed. Oh, yeah. And we're less than, I think we're, no, we're less than six months away. Uh, or maybe six months. May 4th. Yeah, yeah, May 4th. Okay, so uh, we're we're at six months, pretty much. Yep. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see that one. So now, moving on, uh, we did make a mention of, you know, trailers and first looks. Now, so yeah. what are we doing on our website uh, and also on our YouTube channel? About yeah, we're, we're trying to increase uh, our YouTube channel and uh, get some more, um, follows and and you know things like that and looks and views and we're just basically we're expanding our brand name yeah so we actually have uh access to the official source trailers for uh, a lot of upcoming things and we're going to be doing um various releases of those trailers whether it's a first look or a coming soon or uh, as i said with the uh infinity trailer teaser it would be a fanboy moment so we have you know that little dog that we put in the in the corner or a little icon that we put in the corner so we're dog yeah well that's a kind of a is that a slang term slang ah technical term so we're going to have a lot of those uh one that's coming up that i'm in the process of working with right now is one of the the trailers for black panther so you were talking about wakanda and that's going to be a coming soon so hopefully we'll have that uh, released, and as trailers get released, we'll kind of brand them and. St- 
check them out there on in an article and on our YouTube uh, channel. So check out our YouTube channel for interesting trailers and whatnot. Awesome. So, and last but not least on the, this segment. Since we were talking about Craig's step a little bit earlier, yeah. he, Mr. Technorama adjacent, so Mr. the plus one. Mr. Technorama himself has released a, a thing on YouTube, and we'll stick it in the article uh, for the show notes. And it's Chuck's My fa uh, Nerdiest Things. It's a, a bit of a send-up of my favorite things yes. from um, Sound of Music. It is It is to be experienced, so please check it out. We'll have it have a link to that in our show notes. So check out Chuck's nerdiest things. And as always, we got a few follow-up items. Check out our calendar on the website. We've got birthdays and cons, film festivals. If you have something that you want us to talk about, send us a note. We'll put it in the calendar and we'll mention it on the show. Phoenix Comic-Con returns to the convention center on May 24th through the 27th, 2018. Check out phoenixcomiccon.com for additional information. Arizona Opera presents Candide, Leonard Bernstein's opera featuring the famed Glitter and Be Gay. This production is part of the worldwide celebration of Bernstein's 100th, 100th anniversary. The 100. The 100. Yes. Uh, in Tucson, January 27th and 28th, and in Phoenix, February 2nd through the 4th. Tickets will be available at, are still available at azopera.org. And speaking of Mr. Technorama, check out the third edition of Podcasting for Dummies written by our friend T. Morris and Chuck Tomasi. Go to podcastingfordummies.com. And as we have been recently, we want to give a big shout out to GoDaddy for the great products and customer service they provide. They are our new web hosting provider, and they are outdoing our previous one. Oh, my word. By you cannot believe. I thank did, you, oh, thank we you, are thank so you. unbelievably happy for you guys. Thank you. Yes. And we are huge supporters of independent creators, whether that's filmmakers, comic book artists, writers, or other. There is a tremendous amount of talent out there that doesn't get the big fame or fortune. So if you see somebody doing crowdfunding or trying to raise money for some kind of project, please consider supporting those independent creators. Special shout out to Doctor Who Talking Who on Twitter and the Human Oracle on Twitter. They post, uh, they have, they have their own little paperly articles that they put out and each one republishes our own content. Yay. With Doctor Who, uh, Talking Who, they have the Doctor Who Fancast Guide. The Human Arkle, he has the Arkle Times Post Dispatch News. You can find them on Twitter by going and looking for either at Talking Who or at Arkle. And yes, I did talk about that naughty website, the it's incorrect naughty. Star Trek Voyager. Wicked, it bad, is naughty, naughty, wicked, bad, naughty website. Uh, the incorrect Star Trek Voyager quotes that <laughs> must be stamped. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I have read the content. You don't want to be doing that if you're working, you know, if you're at the office and you're at a public computer and you've got that website up. Well, that's on you. Yeah, because you can stumble across things on Tumblr, as Brian said. So just best to do that at home. And we want to give a shout-out to The Looky Show. The twins are a hoot, and they give us some love on Twitter, but more especially their show on YouTube, Looky Show. They have a very unique way of presenting movie reviews and television reviews. I wonder if they ever did The Black Hole. I don't know. Oh, God, I would love that. Yeah. That'd be fun. Check it out. 
Special shout out to the Facebook group, The Gay Geek, for allowing us to post our episodes on their page. It's a really great page. And again, I say this every week, but I say because it's true. The content is great. The people are great. I really love that page a great deal. And and some really great conversation as well. Yeah. That's of a, It's more geeky than it is gay, but sometimes some of the content's more gay than geeky. But in any case, it's got great stuff there. So you can find it by going to facebook.com slash group slash the gay geek. And as always... Uh, very special thanks to moderator Jeremiah Reeves for giving us his blessings and sharing our episodes there. Thank you, Jeremiah. We want to remind you to occasionally click on one of our Amazon ads. It doesn't cost anything. We have search ads on the bottom of each of our articles as well as widgets on the side. And if there's some specific things that uh, we're talking about in an episode, we'll run those Amazon ads there. So thanks for your consideration. And lastly, check us out on iHeartRadio. Please rate us and review us on iTunes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be adding some new things to that, and we want to share it all with you. Up next time, we're going to have another director of a film that we just watched. Uh, We're getting ready to do that interview, so check it out next time. We'll have a really neat interview for you. Okay, that should do it for this episode of TG Geeks Webcast. Be sure to check out the article for this webcast episode. We're going to have several links on the page. And remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, tggeeks.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. From TG Squared Studios, I'm Keith Lane. Thanks for listening. I bid you peace. Cheers.